Okay, we got the thumbs up. We're good. Let's go. <laughs> do we start with the poop topic again or no, do we move back? We just had a glorious conversation about toilets because uh, they have a really beautiful red bathroom. It's like the most red it could possibly be. But we're not going to redo that whole conversation. Okay, so, good. <laughs> welcome to the Meet Your Species podcast. My name is Heath, and today we have Niharika. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Um, we met because of my lovely wife, Shravani, and maybe you can explain how you, you two met. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was a very weird thing, but we became really close friends, like in two weeks, I think, or in two days. It was a very short period of time. So I met Shrav's when she was at Bay Park with the Isha Foundation, mm -hmm. and I was also there. So this is in Vizag, and it was like my sophomore year at college, and I went back home because it was my sister's wedding. Mm. So when I was there, after the whole wedding thing happened and everything, I started interning at Bay Park because I wanted to be a doctor, and yeah. I wanted, and Bay Park's a beautiful resort. Like, it, they really did a good job. They did. And it's also a very good, like, ideology. It's, like, about holistic wellness, which is not that present right now. Mm. But, yeah, I see, like, a lot more people going into that, so that's amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. No, we met there because she was my yoga instructor, but we became really close friends, so. <laughs> not yeah. hard to do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then... So at this time, just a little backstory uh, for me and Shrav. This was before we were married, and Shrav really wanted me to have this little uh, stuffed white tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and you just happened to be going to school in Atlanta, which is where I was. Yeah. So you became the, the pack mule that carried <laughs> <laughs> I remember even, like, meeting her to get the thing. It was... We actually didn't know whether we were going to get it to you or not, because I was finishing up and she also finished her shift at Bay Park. And it was like, literally, I was about to leave that day and we somehow managed to meet and get the parcel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, oh my God, thank God. Because I really wanted you to have it because she seemed like, I know the story behind it. And it was so cute. And I literally just wanted to help like push things along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she also told me it was your birthday too. So um, I wish I had given it to you on your birthday, like two days before, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, no. It's all right. It's the time difference, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I came down and, and we met because you had this parcel for me. <laughs> yeah, that was also, that was also different because I was just finishing up a class or heading to class and you're like, hey, I'm here. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was fun. Good times, good memories. I have a photo of it. And uh, we actually, I think we used that for, um, we had to submit paper for her immigration and we had to mm -hmm. like submit a whole bunch of photos. And I think that was one of the photos is the one that you took of me holding the little tiger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember sending it to her and she's like, oh, yay, he got it. I'm like, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> <sighs> um, 
So anyway, let's get to know you a little bit because I only know you so much and you know you and Cheryl got to be super close, but I haven't got to yet. So let's start with just like so where are you from? Like paint a picture of your your upbringing, your your where you're from. Yes. Okay, so it's really hard to define because I don't know myself where I'm from, but what? yeah, no, and let me explain. No, it's not that I don't remember. Okay, let me explain. People always see me like I'm a weird person when I say I don't know where I'm from. But no, it's because I was born in India and most of my family is in India. So I grew up for like six years, like when I was a kid in Vizag, where most of my family still is. And I go there for every holiday, but I did most. Oh, hello. Okay. Sorry. Hey. Are you recording now? Okay, we're recording now. Okay, so once again, sorry everyone. What happened was someone came in, and then they're probably gonna come back in again. It's just the way it is. So here we go. Back to your mysterious origins, as you were. Yes. So they're not that mysterious. It's just like it's difficult to explain. Because, like I said, I grew up in India with my family, but I studied, all of my education was mostly in Singapore. And then after that, I moved to the U.S. Oh, for so when did you go to Singapore? Singapore, I was there from like Fort Standard till 12th. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's like my entire schooling was in Singapore. Nice. So yeah, so out of like... 12 months in a year. I spent nine months there or more for school. Mm. So it's kind of weird. I have like taken some things from my upbringing in India and my some things from like my upbringing in Singapore. And it's just like mashed them together and I became a fusion person. <laughs> but that's cool. So do you speak Singalese? I can. <laughs> but, or Singlish. That's the yeah, word. Yeah, Singlish. <laughs> I, is Singlish a thing? No. Did I make that up? I did. Yeah. No, Singlish. That's what it was. I can speak Singlish. Like, Singlish is just basic English, but with, like, a few of the contractions taken out. And, uh, I you like added a little bit of Chinese words here and there, right? Yeah. That sounds funny. <laughs> it is. It's weird. I've never learned Mandarin when I was in Singapore, but I'm learning it now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it's weird, but yeah, <laughs> that is why I said, even though I'm like from India, but I grew up in Singapore, and it's just like, hmm. I've never actually stayed in one place too long while I was growing up, so yeah. Nice. So, uh, and then you went to the U.S. when you Yes, like here. After. Yeah. So I moved here for undergrad, and I've been here since. Mm, fancy. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I sip my tea like this now. <laughs> um, so tell me, uh, what are the things that you liked and disliked about the different places you lived? Well, like, what, what was your, like, the takeaway, the experience? I feel like every place has its positives and negatives, but with India, I feel like because most of my family was there and my cousins was there, and I only went to India for some kind of celebration or a festival. That's kind of fun. Yeah, and that's why it always seemed, like, fun to me, and it seemed like a place I wanted to settle, but... When I actually stayed there without any reason and 
you know, I was just like working or something. That's when I realized maybe this is not the place for <laughs> me. Cause it's just whenever I used to be there, my family used to always be there. So when they weren't there, it just felt like a lonely place. Cause I felt like I didn't belong just because I was, I felt like I was too, if you want to say it in like an Indian way, I was too foreignized. Foreignized? <laughs> yeah, you're too crazy, <laughs> which is basically saying you're too foreign to fit into a place like this. Because I don't know whether it was my styling or my radical thoughts, <laughs> my radical liberal thoughts that women should be educated and they should support themselves. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether it was that or the fact that, you know, my parents ever taught me to differentiate between like a girl or a guy because I grew up loving bikes and, you know, shooting, rifle shooting. Not that I actually shot or went hunting, but I learned rifle shooting and like boxing. So, Ooh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did it all with my dad. <laughs> so, you know, I had a very different taste from, like, my other cousins who used to live in India. And it just felt like, while it was fun to learn their side, it just felt like we really couldn't connect just because we didn't have a lot of similarities. Mm. But I did love to play, like, dress up and, like, you know, have all those jewelries on me, even though it was for a very short time. And you could just literally, as soon as the thing is over, I would be taking everything uh -huh. off. And my mom would be like, oh, you started already. Okay, just give it to me. <laughs> she said, like, she has a bag that's always full. And she's learned to create some space just because she knows I'll be taking everything off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so and when I went back to Singapore it felt like I really didn't belong there either because I still felt like I was traditional because of my family like they're a very religious Hindu family so you know we always have like prayers every year and everything mm. so it always felt like while I had best of both worlds, it always felt like I'd never belonged to either of the world completely. Mm. But there's, is there a Indian community pretty decent size in Singapore? Yeah, there is, because some of my family moved to Singapore too, and that was like really fun, and that was what my community was in Singapore, because mm. Most of my relatives and like family friends, those were who I hung out with, but they never had kids my age. Mm. They were always kids younger than me or way older than me. <laughs> so I never actually had like a group group, but going to school there was really interesting because that's where I met most of my friends, but because I hopped so many schools. <laughs> Don't have as many of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody actually stayed with me very long. <laughs> Fair enough. But now I'm reconnecting with most of them, so it's yeah. fun. So what would you say is the, um, maybe the most difficult part of that childhood time? Like something you had to kind of overcome? Oh, well... One was the moving, obviously, because I felt like as soon as I was getting settled in a place, I had to move to a different place. Mm. 
But I feel like language was another thing because when I was growing up in India, this is not to say this is everywhere in India, but where I was going to school, English is not taught really well or it wasn't emphasized as much. Mm. So, you know, I didn't grow up with such a strong English background when I was in school of like, like first to third in India. But when I moved to Singapore, it was the basic means to communicate English. So I felt like I was always a little behind, mm. but that's how I started with my love for reading books. And oh. Yeah, so I guess some good came out of it. Mm. So reading books is how you taught yourself more English? Yeah, and now I speak almost like you. So, <laughs> exactly. Like when I'm in school or anything, my parents make fun of me. They're like, oh, I see you're doing the American accent and everything. But I'm like, no, am I? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's always weird because I remember when I moved from like an Indian school to an overseas family school, which is like basically a huge conglomerate of like everybody. So we had people from like, all over Europe and people from here and Africa. It was just like such a huge culture mm. difference. And when I went there, my accent changed apparently. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so while I was talking to some of my older friends from the Indian school, they're like, oh, what's up with your accent? Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to like... Can fancy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't even realize I'm doing it. But yeah, so that was that was a struggle, but mm. it also ignited my passion for learning languages. <laughs> so yeah. So what's your favorite language? Oh, uh, it's weird, and I don't know it, but it's Greek. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I haven't learned it, but I always thought Greek was really cool. Mm. It could be because of all the Greek mythologies I read as a kid and growing up, but yeah. It's interesting, the mythology, right? Yeah. They, like, came up with some good stories. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they actually have, like, a continuous transition, because after the Greek Empire, the Romans started, and you see that all of the Greek gods are also in the Roman mythology, so it's like, mm -hmm. there's a continuation, and it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like they just disappear, but they're still continued. Uh. I, I learned this random fun fact from, I think it was art class in high school. Um, I can't remember where, but uh, she was explaining how, like, if you look at the statues in Greece versus the statues in Rome or a lot of the buildings, they, the Romans obviously copied a lot of the Greek. Yeah. But um, for a lot of the statues and sculptures, they didn't have the same quite understanding of proportions and everything. So they were just mimicking from the outside without that. So it's really cool to see it's, like, slightly disformed and not quite the right proportions. like... <laughs> 10 degrees off. <laughs> yeah, and no, that also started this, uh, like, I don't know if it's a part of the mythology or anything, but it also started, like, the thing that Roman gods are more war-driven or, like, more aggressive than their Greek counterparts. Mm. So I, could, I guess it could be because of, like, how the statues are made or it. 
You think the statues created a more war-driven society? <laughs> no, they just gave them more war-driven descriptions to their gods. Because I know, like, in Greek mythology, uh, Hera is, like, a mother. She's more driven towards, like, caring for her children and, like, you know, caring for all of the Greek people and everything. But in the Roman mythology, she is a jealous person who's hell-bent on killing all of Zeus's demigod children. So, <laughs> so That's like a sharp turn. Yes, so you see what I mean, right? Like, they just made the gods more aggressive. I don't know whether it's because of the statues or just because of, like, the culture that they were in. I don't know. If I had to guess, which is a total guess from not knowing yeah. anything, it would be, there's probably just more of a distortion in the way they approached creating things because yeah. they were just copying something rather than the understanding it took to create it in the first place. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Like, we're all just spitballing here, so yeah. I also don't know. I just read a bunch of books nice. about the mythologies. I do not know anything. Yeah. I <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I am curious, just since you like language so much, I watched a podcast on... Well, first of all, which languages do you speak? Okay. So, because I'm Indian and most Indians tend to speak a lot of Indian languages, I can speak Telugu, Tamil, Hindi, and... I can understand Malayalam, like, a little bit, mm -hmm. and I can understand a little bit of Kannada. So that's, like, all the South languages. Yeah. Well, Hindi's mostly North, right? Yeah, Hindi's mostly North. You've got most of the country. Yeah. <laughs> I can communicate my way around. <laughs> but, yeah, English is also something I can speak. I learned French. I also learned Spanish. I am not fluent. I am... I'm, like, very basic beginner level. <laughs> and I, like I said, I'm learning Mandarin now. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm curious because I, I speak English and probably not even that amazingly English. But then, like, that little bit of Spanish. Just enough. I, I went on Duolingo for maybe two months straight. Same. Just enough so I didn't get screwed in the market when I went to Peru, and that was it. But um, I'm curious because I, I listened to a podcast, and this guy was talking about how uh, the languages affect people greatly because of how they're structured. Like, I think Mandarin doesn't have past or future tense. Yeah. Like, it just is raining tomorrow. It is raining yesterday, like that. But that affects how people think of saving. Yeah. So what have you noticed from different languages? Okay, so I can already tell that I have different personalities whenever I'm speaking different languages. Really? <laughs> yeah. When I'm speaking like Telugu, because I tend to speak it around my family and stuff, I'm always like loud and bubbly and like, not that I'm not when I'm speaking English, but sometimes... You're so shy. <laughs> I can be, okay? I just know you. <laughs> But no, like, I used to get remarks from my teachers and everybody, like, she's a nice girl, but she's very shy. She needs to speak. If they could only see me now. Send <laughs> <in> this podcast. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I think language does really change your personality and also the way you view it, because things mean different things, and sometimes... When you can give a word to something that you're feeling, 
when you can actually put it into words or describe what you're feeling. I guess that gives you more of like a validity. Mm. Validity. Validity. <laughs> I, I can't think there's any more of it. What's the difference? <laughs> But no, it gives like a validation to what you're feeling and stuff. <laughs> because I feel like you're not alone anymore because there's a word to it. Somebody out there is feeling it or like felt it. So it's like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I it's, know yeah. <laughs> so I feel like languages have the power to completely transform you because. I feel like it is who you are when you're learning it that helps you when you speak it. Okay. Because, okay. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't explain it well, but basically when I learned Telugu, I was a kid with my family. That's where I learned it. So, you know, I, whenever I speak Telugu, I still turn into like that kid-like person who just babbles on for hours, who's just always like questioning everything and everything. But when I'm talking in English, because I learned it for more official reasons, sorry. <laughs> official like school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I... I feel like I'm more reserved about it, and I always think before I speak, when I'm speaking in English at least. Do you feel like you have to think or <coughs> translate into uh, English? Yes. I always feel like I do, but it's weird. Sometimes I translate into English, sometimes I translate out of English. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because... Polyglot problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of this stuff I only know in like Telugu or in French and like when I have to like think about it in English I have to like rack my brain for the word or what I'm trying to say <laughs> but sometimes when I'm explaining something in English to somebody else I always have to like okay so now how do I explain it in like Telugu or how do I explain it in French so it's always like uh it's like when you translate in or out, I feel like you lose some of the essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not crying, I swear. I was wondering, are you okay? I, I am. It's just because I'm trying not to cough. <laughs> Hold for water. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Where do you, so what do you feel most comfortable in? I have no idea. I guess this relates back to my origins just because I moved around so much and like I kept hopping. I actually don't know what I'm comfortable in. Because <laughs> you put me in India, I get, I can become comfortable. And like, you know, I can adapt to like the things there. And if you send me to Singapore, it will take me a little longer, but I can adapt there too. So it's just like, I no longer know what I'm comfortable in because they- Maybe that means that you've figured out you can be comfortable anywhere. Yeah. It's kind of nice. It's a bit liberating. <coughs> I was a little uh, worried when I was little. Not worried, but like, I wondered if I would be able to 
function naturally in a country where I don't speak the language. Because my only experience was people that came to the U.S. who didn't speak English very well. And it might just be like the way people treat other people. It, mm -hmm. it can be a little harsh. Yeah. Especially when you're a kid. Like, oh, I know. Like, <laughs> I remember moving to Singapore. And this is just one bad experience. It does not define the country, but... I remember, like, some of the kids in the condo just, like, laughing and pointing at me or, like, making fun of me in their language, which I did not understand at that point. But it was just like, huh, I wonder why they're doing that. But, yeah, it's just, I guess for me, just because I traveled, like, so much, I always felt like, we're all the same, even though we have our own cultures and our languages and our own secrets. We're on the basis, all human beings. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you got to the U.S., did your undergrad. Had you already decided long back you wanted to be a doctor? Or? Yes. <laughs> what was the drive behind that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, since I was a kid, it was something that I wanted to do. Like, I remember when, because I used to stay with my grandmother as a kid, because my mom used to work in Singapore. Both my parents used to work in Singapore. Oh, one second. Go ahead. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. So, you want to be a doctor because? Yes. Yeah, so, because, okay, it's a silly story, but... My grandmother used to sleep in the afternoons because she used to wake up really early and go to bed really late. But she used to sleep in the afternoon and her legs would always be cracked. So... Cracked? What do you mean cracked? Cracked just because... Okay, in India we don't wear shoes like when oh, like we're the in the house. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, she used to have like... It used to be very dry and not completely cracked and everything. So we got into the practice. I know her feet hurt her. So me and my sister got into the practice of pretending we were doctors. <laughs> it's just like how kids play pretend. Yeah. Some days we used to pretend to be teachers, some days doctors. But yeah, whenever we used to pretend to be doctors, we just used to take a whole bunch of lotion and lather it over her feet. <laughs> <laughs> did it, work? it did. She used to feel better after she stopped slipping, of course. <laughs> I still remember one time my uh, grandmother was calling for her and she had to rush in the middle of her sleep and she slipped and she was cursing us out. <laughs> So we were like, it's okay, you sleep, we'll take care of it. And that's the story of how I made my first tea for my grandfather. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, he drank it and he told me it was lovely. I don't know what today, whether it was or not, but... It was because it was made with love <laughs> and terror. Also, he felt bad because I burnt myself, <laughs> but yes... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's how the passion started. Because I used to see, like, on her face clearly the relief she felt after we used to apply the ointment and she used to wake up from her nap. 
I don't know what. It didn't wake her up that you're lathering her feet. Oh no, she's a deep sleeper. <laughs> and also, the, the skin was so cracked at that point, she couldn't feel it. <laughs> but yeah, no, she used to be able to walk better, so. Nice. Yeah, I guess that's how my passion started. How Just like help from such a young age. <laughs> I love that. Probably causing more trouble than helping. But a good intent. Yes, <laughs> good intention. <laughs> so, uh, how old is your sister compared to you? Like, okay, so I am an only child. So, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But I grew up with my cousins, like my mom's sister's kids. And because we grew up together, I always just called them sister and brother. Mm. So I have one sister who's four years older than me, one brother who's 10 years older, and another sister who's 14 years older. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're still the youngest, though. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. I know. But a lot of my mom's kids and their relatives have, like, <clears throat> kids younger than me now. So mm. I get to be the <laughs> fun older <laughs> cousin who helps all the other ones out. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Um, what, uh, so what's your relationship like with them, your older brothers and sisters? Uh, it's actually really good. Like, I, the one who's 14 years older than me, she was my second mom growing up. Like I said, because my mom used to work in Singapore. I grew up with my sister. And she's the one who used to wake me up, who used to, like, bathe me, get me ready for school. And also, she used to be the one I used to sleep with. And, like, you know, she made me do my homework. She used to get me snacks and everything. So, yeah. What would you say is, like, the, uh, of all these people that were around you, what were the most impactful either people or moments? Like, what, what helped shape you? Uh, well, one person who was the most remarkable in my life was, he was a family member, but not, like, family, like, blood-related, but he was family. And that was Dr. Ramesh. So he, yeah, no, he was a homeopathic uh, doctor and he is a self-taught person actually. And he learned homeopathy from reading books and now he has opened a clinic and he treats like people for free during the weekends. And it's all for like people who are really poor and it's, he is in like this village kind of place and people from like all over <coughs> sorry come to get treated by him because firstly he's never wrong <laughs> <laughs> but also secondly because he actually cares and he does it out of like his humanity or or whatever the reason is, he does it free of cost and because he cares. Mm. And that is the kind of doctor I always wanted to be. Because I feel like he was the biggest inspiration after, like, my grandmother. <laughs> but yeah, no. Growing up with him, like, seeing him treat his patients and still remember, like, even though they only used to come, like, on the weekends, what the problem was. And, like, 
ask them how did it progress and everything. And the fact that he was available 24-7, literally, to his patients, that was, like, that was the most impactful. There were other people, too, but he was the one that I kept with me because he's the person I aspire to be in terms of, like, my professional goals. Mm, I like it. Um, and so, what about um, with your grandparents or anything that you get quite a little <laughs> yeah, it, family? It's like a huge parcel. <laughs> I think it's really cool because it's not that I don't have family, but it's not. I didn't really understand until I was in India, like the level of deeper woven togetherness that the <laughs> families tend to have. Yes, yeah. it's good and bad. It depends on the situation. But what would you say is the um, the best things about your family? So I always used to say that my family is the reason why I am who I am. Because okay. So, sad backstory, but really powerful and inspiring. My mom's family went through a lot of struggles. And it was literally three sisters and a brother who was young, who was really young compared to all three of them. So, it was, and they, both of my aunts got married really young. Mm-hmm. And they didn't actually complete their education before their marriage. They mm-hmm. just weren't allowed to. Which is pretty common in India. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, but it's common, yes. And so was my grandmother. She got married really young. But all of them were super smart ladies who were very capable. And when their family went through like some financial troubles and everything... It was these ladies who actually stood up for their family and, like, you know, kind of brought it back Mm. to a surviving capacity. So they taught me to be independent and to be, like, self-reliant, but also the value of family because you never leave anybody behind. Mm. (laughs) Like, even if you ask my mom, she'll tell you that it was her sister who got her married and everything. Mm. Is there, are there any like stories or examples that could kind of show like in what way they showed that for you? Yeah. Okay. So like I said, my oldest aunt, she used to sit day and night and she used to like fry these chips, like hot chips. <laughs> you, you said it and looked as if, did they get it on <laughs> No, I know they won't get it. That's the reason why I'm looking. Because it's like, okay, it's a very Indian thing where they basically fry all these different kinds of vegetables into these really crispy chips. And they sell them. They're really tasty. Yeah, so, I, remember, I remember seeing the, there's just like a stall. It's just, just <laughs> not even a cool name, just hot chips. That's it. Yeah, and you get literally chips of like, all flavors and it, it's literally like you can get um, okra chips you can get onion chips you can get potato okay going off the topic but yeah no 
So, you know, she used to sit and fry all of these. And, like, you know, my mom used to work two jobs, like, while she was studying. She also used to work at NIT and teach computer classes. And she also used to learn French and teach French. And she was also a teacher. So, you know, all of these ladies used to do so many different jobs. Mm-hmm. And they never spent money for themselves. They literally just, like, you know, used all the money to educate each other and to, like, you know, just help the family grow. Mm. So, yeah. Interesting. Not too many people like that, huh? No, not anymore, I think. (laughs) But you always find them. You just got to know where to look in. Mm. Um, Personally, I tend to find that if you look back maybe 200 years, your life was probably going to be about the same as your parents or... Yeah. It's just all about the same. Maybe one or two things. And then it just kept increasing and increasing. And now it's so different than even if you separate five years down the road from somebody who's born a little later than earlier. So um, what did you find? Because this happens uh, quite a lot, especially I've found with... Um, people I've met who grew up in India, the generations are changing so quickly. So what are the things which you found worked really well that the previous generations tried to instill in you? And what are the things that didn't really apply anymore? Uh, If there are any. Yeah. No, I feel like there are a lot of practices that are outdated now and that should remain outdated. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm not trying to, like, bash on any culture or anything, but every culture needs to get with the times. But, like, no. You I clear feel, out the cookies. Yeah. The <laughs> you gotta clear it out when it gets full. Yeah. But, no, I feel like the things that worked really well are the fact that we see more empowered women everywhere. It's gonna sound like I'm misogynistic, but I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not. <laughs> but no, I just see so many more women that are more career. Career. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Career oriented and like who are more focused on their education rather than, you know, settling down and getting married and staying at home like not that that's a bad thing like if that's what you want to do go right ahead and do it but you know it's not like the only choice that is there for women now so you think the problem is too many people going career-based no i feel like people have the choice to choose now because this is the good thing. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> like, you know, because I don't know whether it's because they had to, like, because the women are finally realizing the problems they had when they got married or, like, they're just realizing that it's not fair. Mm-hmm. And the fathers are also realizing, like, because they have daughters now, that you can't just treat a girl like that like she's a slave made to serve you. But, you know... I really love that change that, you know, more people are are accepting of women's women, like educating themselves and like going out, finding a career, a job, just like, you know, working on herself rather yeah. than. Well, in a way, it's kind of like what you were saying about your childhood, like yeah. not distinguishing between your 
girl means you like these things. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun that you're into. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I love that we have four choices now, but... So what do you think didn't work so well? I feel like there's still a little pressure on, like, being the best. Because mm. I see it everywhere, and we still get compared, like, you know... Oh, they got so many nice intros. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so we still see a lot of comparisons. So it's like, oh, they're so good. Oh, like they're doing so well. Why aren't you like that? Or like, you know, it's just oh, all it's these. Yeah, it's just all these comparisons. Or, you know, somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, I see you're like, 25 now and you're not thinking of getting married what's up with that is there a problem like why do you care again <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i guess there's just still that poking into other people's business that's there did this exist uh, the same or different oh, yeah. between singapore and india well from? i feel like it's a thing that's there everywhere I, I actually don't know if it's here I mean for me it's not but I also had a very um, a relatively hands off kind of family okay. so apart from wanting me to go to college they didn't really oh you're into this okay but it was very <laughs> distant in a lot of ways compared to how in a really really connected some of their families like Shaw's yeah. family is so I, there wasn't any, like, oh, you should get married kind of thing at all. But I'm also a boy. I, I don't know. Maybe it's... Yeah, it's, it's... I feel it's easier for boys. I don't know how difficult they have it, because whenever I went to India, I was treated only as a girl. I was only treated as a foreigner. <laughs> I was a white guy to take selfies with. That's what I got. Um, nice. They do that with me, too. Selfies Apparently, selfies. I'm too white. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we have that in common. <laughs> it's funny. It got me out of a few tickets, so I'll take it. Oh, well, oh. Yeah. I never drove in India. Oh, so. blast. <laughs> But I probably shouldn't have, like, legally been able to, but, like, a few things happened here and there, and the cops would be like, oh, he's a foreigner. Selfie? Selfie? And then they took a selfie, and then they're like, okay, you go. <laughs> that was so unfair! That is an unfair advantage! We don't have that here! But when, you, when you're in Bali, it's the opposite. Or actually, Peru is probably the same. They're like, foreigner? I can get more money. <laughs> Let me see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Bali had like a laminated card of like, here's how much the bribes cost. <laughs> Take your pick. You did this, this. <sighs> that was funny. <laughs> I really miss Bali. I know that's like not the reason to miss it, but no, it was hey, funny. I would miss it too. Like looking at your Instagram stories <laughs> and posts, I was like, I want to go there. I want to be there. I want to eat that. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. I like I also I remember texting you like oh I wish I was there right <laughs> it was like peak exam seasons or final seasons and Shraps oh. posted this amazing view of like where you guys were staying and the food you were cooking because it was a party or something and I was like I wish I was there right now <laughs> <laughs> While just like going down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> Textbook and stale pizza. Mmm. Both paper. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but, I mean, if COVID hadn't did what it did, you'd be in Barbados right now. So, I would be. can't be too bad. Well, I mean, you're not there. So, you can't be <laughs> But hey, I get to experience a different kind of place here. <laughs> the middle of the forest. <laughs> the Georgia forest is nice. It is. It's, it's very beautiful. It'll be nice because right now it's what? Uh, January. January. It's 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Springs are on the corner. You're going to have all the leaves. I all know. the blooms. It's going to be really pretty. I wish. I just wish leaves blooming in the spring coming did not mean bugs. I just wish it did not be Kind of hard to get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Shrav and I were just watching, uh, there's a National Geographic called Wild India. And so they had, their, <laughs> they were following the jungles in, I think, somewhere, whatever state in India is near Bangladesh. What's that one? Up in the corner? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, there's no. jungles there with tigers and elephants and whatever. And it was really cool because you could see, like, it got super dry. It's like... 39, 45 Celsius, like, hot. And all the water's drying away and all the animals are just like, one, there was a monkey that just had his face stuck in the mud. He was just sitting there and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to cool itself. <laughs> and here comes the rain, the temperatures cool off, and here come the bugs. Okay. That's their food, so they're probably happy about the bugs. <laughs> I'm bugs food. <laughs> I'm not so happy. I'm with you though. Like, for whatever reason, my body says mosquitoes here, face, and they just come. That's why I got dengue fever twice in India. Oh no. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Because oh. that's how we started the whole conversation about oh, yeah, the food. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the exit out of this, <laughs> this loop. Going back to bugs. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> so what are your, um, your favorite and most difficult things about Singapore? Oh, Singapore. The favorite is the fact that, you know, it's always changing. With Singapore, I feel like you never experience the same Singapore twice. Cause I remember going to like the same attractions, like either to the night safari or to the zoo, or even to like Sentosa, which is like an island, like a small. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> island just south of Singapore. It's like this resort island kind of a thing where there's everything fun. But yeah, it's that you never see the same thing twice. Cause, because Singapore is so small, they constantly change it to attract tourists. And just so they don't get bored, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but yeah, it's the fact that, you know, it's never the same. Yeah. You blink and it changes. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that was the best part about Singapore. And the most challenging or difficult? Well, I'm going to be honest, I went there very reluctantly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was a very angry kid because <laughs> I got moved, but it was also right after I my... <laughs> I didn't move. I got moved. I like this distinction. See, yeah. you <laughs> It was 
also right after my sister's wedding. So there were a lot of changes that were happening and they were happening really quick because right after that, I also lost my grandfather. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's been a good 15 years, (laughs) but it's still like... Now I can like you know think back and like enjoy the memories we had, but then it was like new people knew everything, so you know it was an adjustment. Mm. <laughs> that was the most difficult part, I think. But what about in terms of like the difference in culture or people that are there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I feel like the most difficult part for me was the food. Like, I know people praise Singapore for the food and everything, but because I was vegetarian, I didn't have a lot of choices. Mm. So it always felt like, huh, gotta, yeah, I gotta close my nose and walk away now because I can't breathe anything or I can't eat anything. But I, I, I guess there are a lot more vegetarian options now. I just did not. Not at the time. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah, Shrav and I went back in, what was it, 2019, 2018, whenever it was. Uh, we were there for just a few days, but mm-hmm. our friend's mom gave us like a really amazing tour of the whole place. And it happened to be on, I think, the 50th anniversary of the country. So they had the airplanes and the water, laser, crazy yeah. show. And, but the thing that blew me away, I mean, A, the airport with a giant waterfall is incredible. Uh, yes. Jewel. Please let me get have a layover in that airport. Anyway. Same. Like, I would go back to Singapore just to stay at the airport. <laughs> like, okay, I will land three days before, but I'm going to stay in the airport. You can go pick me up three days after. <laughs> yeah. But other things I really liked, they had a mall, I, Funan Mall, I think it's called. Yeah. And they had recently redone it, I guess, whenever we went. And it had, like, a living garden on the roof. There was a bike path that went from the road inside and then back out on its way. It was so cool, the way they designed it. Exactly, like, uh, the marvel and the architecture is, like, what attracts people to Singapore. I would say they nailed how to do public spaces properly. Because it's not like they have a ton of national uh, geography that's really amazing. Like, it's just this little tiny area. It's a concrete jungle. That's what I lovingly like to call it. (laughs) Because... Everything is built in Singapore. Like you said, it has no natural resources, like no hills, no valleys, no rivers, no lakes. Pretty good passport. (laughs) Pretty good passport. Oh? Yes. Hello. Okay. We just had wonderful hospitality. More family. Family. There's fruit. There's snacks. Offered all the drinks. It was wonderful. Anyway. I already told you, like, my mom soaked a whole bunch of chickpeas and rajma just because, kidney beans, because you guys were coming. Yeah. I like being dishes. (laughs) I told her that you guys don't have, like, a lot of dairy or, like, you don't do animal products. So she's like, oh, they follow the Sudguru diet, right? Like, I got this. I got this. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, okay. Just tell me what you mean. <laughs> I like this so good. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Um, anyway, we were... Singapore. Singapore, right. Yes. 
But yeah, it's constantly changing. I forgot what we were talking about, but I only remember what we were talking about. Concrete jungle. Concrete jungle, yes. Well, anyway, it's a lovely place. I really enjoyed it. The it best is. thing for me was that, um, just like a little, next to the casino, there's like a big outdoor area where they have a bunch of shops. Uh-huh. And one of those shops had this amazing mango dessert. They took mango and they prepared it three different ways. Like, it was, it was like frozen shape. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was the best dessert I've had in my life. And I like India is supposed to be known for the mangoes and they're good, but like this dessert was off the chart. It was incredible. Like I said, we take what is give, like what is not given to us and we make it the best. <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do. <laughs> what to do here on an island. Uh, uh, but no, that's the best part about Singapore. It's resilience. It just always keeps building itself. Mm. Um, so let's look at more where you are now in life. So, um, you just, you finished undergrad and now you're in medical school, right? Yes. Which is exciting. It is. (laughs) It is a lot of work, but I expected it and I love it. You don't go into medical school thinking like, yeah, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) You never think that. It's a struggle to get into it and it's a struggle to keep going through it but when you come out on the other side it's still a struggle <laughs> there is no end to the struggle <laughs> but hey if you love it the you're on the struggle bus go around because <laughs> like i always like i my cousins ask me why do you want to be a doctor when you know there's so much studying involved i'm like it's because there's so much studying involved like you always learn something new so there's always something to learn that's like the best part like on some level you're just a nerd in a good way i am i am i am a nerd and i'm proud of it you should be (laughs) nerds make things happen yeah, I'm not one of those nerds, but... You're going to be a doctor, no? Yes. <laughs> when I have a broken arm. <laughs> there we uh, go. <laughs> so, uh, you chose this school in Barbados. I did. Which is kind of awesome. We were I talking did. about this on a walk before, but just remind me, why that school? So, okay... The first reason is it has a really good neurology program. Is that your, like, focus? Yeah. I want to be a neurologist, like a neurosurgeon. No. Rubbing on the... No. (laughs) That's where it started. That's where the foot fetish started. But (laughs) it went up to the head. (laughs) You know how people go head, shoulders, knees, and toes? (laughs) Knees, toes. toes. But I started with toes, toes, and knees, and head. I'm stuck with the head. Fair enough. But so, well, why, why neurology? So or is it neurology? Yeah. Okay. okay. So neurology was because of an incident that happened. So the brother I told you about, mm-hmm. he had an accident. And he had to have several surgeries, head surgeries, brain surgeries. And because it was a really bad accident and, you know, he had to have a titanium plate installed and everything because he had a skull fracture. So 
I feel like that because this is going to be very upsetting for my family to hear, but he went from a person who was almost dead to a walking, talking, living, breathing human who has all the functions without losing anything because of a neurosurgeon. He is alive and our family is very thankful because of people who spent so much time and so much care dedicated to his survival. Mm. So yeah. It's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very sad reason, but yes. No, but I mean, I'm sure it was very difficult to go through. I, I, yeah. Yeah. My mom had to have brain surgery, so I, <laughs> I get it. But um, because it worked out well, it's kind of a... You kind of walk away from it feeling oh, that, that, thankful. Yeah. Literally nothing else but thankful. What, um, have you talked to him about like the experience and stuff? No, actually, because our family tends to shy away from all these topics. Yeah. We don't discuss a lot of things in our family. <laughs> yeah, you just are expected to know and move on. <laughs> like, they just throw this tidbit at you and like... Okay, so what's up? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, <laughs> go back to that. What? <laughs> but yeah, no, I actually have not had a chance to talk to him since his surgery because his surgery was when I was in high school, like 11th, maybe. So still in Singapore. Yeah, still in Singapore, but. Where was I he at? He had the accident in India, but he got the treatment done in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. What was, um, if you don't mind sharing, what was this whole, I imagine it was a chunk of time that this went over. So what was that like for you? What were you going through? Honestly, my family kept me pretty shielded from it. Like I said, the sisters like to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So they were the ones who were talking to the doctors who were taking care of everything. But I remember seeing the strain it put on his mom, my aunt, and you know, how she was trying to be brave, but she was fumbling and how my mom and my other aunt took on the, just took it on and like, you know, they were like, okay, so this is, because it was not one surgery. He had to have like five surgeries. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like within a very short span of time. So, you know, it was like he was given this entire new life and they were there to see him too because he lost hope a lot of times, or at least that's what they tell me. But, you know, they were there to push him through everything. But I was kept away. I was like... In a way, if you say the entertainment, I was the one who took their mind off of like the whole seriousness of the issue because <laughs> I was studying for my finals. Like it was either 10th or my 12th. So very important. Did they do it because of the finals? No, no. Or just because you're the youngest? I was just like, you know, trying to move their mind off of things. Just like, you know, because they were struggling. I could tell they were struggling. So, you know, it's like 
you're okay, buddy. Like, I know you're going through something traumatic, but you're going to walk out of it. You're going to be fine. Like, I believe in you. You got this kind of thing. And just, like, seeing me act normal, like, as normal as the situation could be, kind of like, you know, it stabilized everyone because I wasn't scared. Hmm. It was a situation and we were going through it. I feel like that's how we treated it very clinically. Like, okay, this is a problem. We need to fix it. And the only solution is the surgery. Okay. Got it. Sorted. Sorted. (laughs) Um, Did you like difficult situations often? um, For example, when you see like a car accident or something or something happens in front of you, you tend to find out how you will actually react. It's easy to have like an idea like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> but then like in the moment, that's when it happens, happen. yeah. So are there any things that surprised you about how um, people around you handle the situation? Honestly, yes and no. I always knew that my mom and her sister would be strong pillars because they're the forerunners. They're the ones who carry the family. Mm. And I always knew my other aunt would be very emotional. (laughs) But what surprised me was that, you know, even though they're so strong and they're very, like, you know, mentally and physically strong, like they carry the whole family, they also falter. That was a very surprising, eye-opening thing for me, because... I like they're not perfect. Yeah, it's like the first time I've seen them be vulnerable. Like, they're never vulnerable when the situation is happening or everything. But, you know, after everything's done, after, like, everything's sorted, that's when they kind of let the facade down, and that's when you see how much, how taxing it was for them. Mm. And, yeah, that's when you're like... Huh. So there are some chunks in like your armor too. <laughs> like, why don't you just tell us that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. It's always like, I know you're used to being strong, but sometimes you can't let it down. <laughs> Mom's gonna kill me after this. <laughs> no, she's actually. Too sweet to do anything, or I would like to believe that. Mom, I love you. <laughs> I say this for your own good. <laughs> um, so we'll kind of leave that, but um, going to maybe just other aspects of your life right now. So, what are the things that you do for? I know, like, medical school, like, what other time is there? <laughs> but if you have the time to just spend with yourself and do whatever you want, what are the things that you do for just for fun? Oh, for fun. Okay. Driving is something that my dad and I always used to do. Like, we always just used to go on drives. Yeah. And I feel like I got that from him. So yeah. now, whenever, I'm just like, eh, I just go on drives. <laughs> I can't do it here or late at night, but I just like going on drives clears my mind. Why so can't I, you do it? Oh, because I get lost. Oh. <laughs> There's no signal on the road. Download maps offline. I did. Then what's the problem? Anyway. So you like to go for a drive. 
this is all for us. You know, <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> Do you really think my parents would just let me go out there? <laughs> I had a brother except for fruits. I don't know. <laughs> that is true. You will know soon, though. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no. Also, because I'm like busy here. Doing other things. Yeah. So, uh, so driving is like your. Yeah. Just to blow steam. Also, I listen to like music, and I. Oh, just basically everything, whatever is popular. I'm not a. Whatever is popular. Yeah, I'm not a picky person. I like all kinds of music, so whatever kind of like floats the boat right then and there like because sometimes i'm feeling like very sad breakup songs so i listen to those sometimes i'm like you know wanting to listen to like club songs or party songs and i listen to those because i know like i can understand so many languages it's always like a you've got a lot to choose from (laughs) it's always like a toss of a coin what language comes up i like that (laughs) yeah I enjoy listening to songs in different languages, but I like it because I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> you can always draw your own conclusions. Exactly. <laughs> but it's always something dirty, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and what do you do... So, like, what's your go-to when um, you've had a really hard day? I like to read. I kind of just like to sink into like a futon or a couch or like even my bed with like a comforter and just like read (laughs) as evident from my huge glasses. (laughs) I am a big bookworm. Favorite kind of books? Ooh. Every day, actually. I love historical fiction. I love... This is gonna... I'm a girl, so I love romance. <laughs> but, like yeah. My favorite kind is adventure. Okay. Did you read Harry Potter? I did. Okay. What house are you in? I'm always torn between Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Okay. I like to think I'm a Ravenclaw, like... That is my house, but I always get sorted into Hufflepuff, so I'm never sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm never sure. Okay. So Ravenpuff. Yeah, Ravenpuff it is. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think even the sorting hat is gonna have a hard time choosing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You're smart, but you're stupid too. So. <laughs> you're kind, but also an idiot. So what do I do with you? Um, <sighs> um, biggest or most important, valuable, most valuable lesson you feel like you've learned so far in this life you've had? Oof. I've had so many valuable ones, but it's that, (laughs) no, uh, it's that, you know, you're never alone. It's always like, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, like, even though what you're going through feels very hard and you don't want to talk to anybody right now, you're never going to get out of what you're going through or you're never going to be able to like better yourself if you don't 
seek the help that you need. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And when you meet new people, or even with people you already know, what are the characteristics that you treasure the most in other people? Honestly, one is like an open-mindedness. Mm-hmm. I like I I like to think I'm very accepting of people. So whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you want to be, is cool with me. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you're not rude and mean. Don't be rude and mean. Yeah, like. We're all humans struggling through the same thing life. So just be kind. <laughs> but yeah, that's the second thing. So first is open-minded. Second is kindness. And even though it's very rare, honesty. Mm. You don't have to say who it is, but what's the most honest thing someone's ever told you? If you can remember. Uh Honestly, it's when they were going through a really rough time and they just, they trusted me enough to tell me what they were going through and what was the reason for their sadness. So yeah, I I was like, oh wow, I will value this trust. I will never break it. And I'm glad you were you know yourself enough to come talk to somebody about it when you needed the help. Um, What would be something that could happen tomorrow that would be incredibly exciting for you? Something you'd be looking forward to? Ooh, getting accepted into a medical college here. Like Like in the U.S.? Because my family is planning or wants to settle down here. So if I can be closer. Not that I don't love Barbados. I mean, but it's Barbados. Exactly. It starts with a B. That's the second letter in the alphabet. You exactly. Wrong. My nickname is also Bunny, so it's like BB. Really? Yeah. Bunny? <laughs> yeah. I used to look like a rabbit when I was a kid. <laughs> Just like the... I can <laughs> That movie, Zootopia, with the lead characters rabbit, she was awesome, so... Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to take it as a compliment. Hops. Uh. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite movie? Oh, oh, I love, like, I love movies to choose a favorite. Favorite movie? I mean, for me, movies, favorite one's always shifting. So, in this moment. In this moment. Ooh. It's been a while since I saw a movie. (laughs) Because there haven't been any, like, there haven't. Ooh, that's actually hard. I'm going to go with my all-time favorite, which is Dave Daz. It's a Telugu movie starring Rob and Eliana. <laughs> you know the movie, don't you? <laughs> it's a very okay. It's a very like 
it's a movie that has no value in it. It's a straight up rom-com that with no actual meaning of story to it. It's just about this guy and girl who fall in love and they go through all these struggles to get married. But I don't know. It, it was something that I saw as a kid that just stuck with me. Okay. <laughs> Like I said, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very childish movie, but it was something that stuck with me. <laughs> but no, uh, my all-time favorites were stuff that I saw with my family, actually. It was like, okay, they're all Indian movies, but it's like Maya Bazaar, which is a movie. It's like a historical fiction. About? About uh, all these all old Hindu gods with magic and everything. It's like an Indian Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's actually like... It's a big claim. Yeah, it's actually like that. It was my childhood, so I'm going to put those two on the same level. Okay. Contextual. Fair yeah, enough. contextual. But yeah. No, I saw that movie at least like... Six million times. I'm not even exaggerating. I used to watch it like three times every day for like three years. <laughs> My entire childhood was that movie. But no, I also used to watch like Yade, Hamapke Hekon, and like all these family oriented movies. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. Right. They were childhood staples. <laughs> My mom will tell you that I used to burn the CDs just because of how much I used to keep watching them. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so let's look. Um, I, I really like to get a feel for what people think because we all have a different perspective. We've all yeah. seen different aspects of even in the same household you grow up, you still see it differently, right? <laughs> so... Um, in terms of socially, like what you see around you when you're meeting all these people and uh, either at school or just traveling, whatever, what are the things that you feel you, you really like for people to pay a little more attention to and like maybe we could fix? Like what's important to you? Honestly, like I said before, I think it's very important to be kind because everybody's going through some unknown struggle. Like, I remember all these cheesy quotes on, like, Tumblr and, like, Twitter and Instagram where it's like, you know, the kid that you hit was, is, like, being abused at home. Or, like, mm -hmm. those kind of, like, quotes where it's like, you know, everybody's going through something unknown, so just be kind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like... Especially now in the current climate, like because yeah, this whole election political yeah. crazy yeah. times. I think we need to learn to be kind and just accept the differences that make us who we are. Because you might be different, but I'm not gonna say you're wrong just because you're different. It's like the book that's red on one side and black on the other side, and when the professor holds it up. He's like, the book is red. And all the students are like, no, the book is black. And then he flips it and he's like, just because you see it as black does not mean I see it the same way. Oh. It's just like... What's this thing? I have no idea. Like I said, it's just this quote that I saw on like Twitter or Tumblr or Instagram hmm. where it's like a professor or somebody holds up a book 
and they're like, this book is red. And he asks somebody what they see, and they're like, the book is black. And he's like, no, the book is red. And mm. they have a discussion, and then he flips it. And he's like, the book for me was red, but for you it was black, but it's the same book. So, you know, you never know what they're going through or, like, what they're seeing. So mm. I feel like just be kind and have a conversation or, like, be more open-minded. Fair enough. <laughs> that sounds, like, so vaguely cool. Like, you know, all those fancy quotes that you see where people are like, oh, you should be kind. Be kind. <laughs> like, when you turn around and the person's just like, stomping on the puppy. And you're like, what? Stomping on the puppy? What is this? No, no, in movies and stuff, you see, you always see these people talking and stuff, and they're like, oh, you should be kind. You should be all this. And they have this weird persona in front of like the camera or just in front of like other people (laughs) yes and then when you actually look at them they're like really mean and evil (laughs) (laughs) not that I am but I have no idea to some people I might be (laughs) you never know that's like the worst and best part about living a life to some people you're the heroes some people you're a very close someone. For other people, you're the will in their story. Yeah. I think something that took me a while to realize is everybody, no matter how subjectively or objectively evil you think they are, in their mind, they're, they're doing right. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just very interesting because we're all... Someone said it like this. There's a... I think Sankaru said this. There's like a circle around you, and you're in the circle. Depending on how many people you include, that's who's like your tribe, your who you care about. So if you're outside the circle, yeah, they're a bad person. But if you're inside the circle, they're good. It's yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's that. So we're just all worried about human well-being. It's just a question of how many people you let in your circle. <laughs> Or just don't have a circle. Be accepted of everybody. everybody. Yeah. Bring it all. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but you can hear the people saying, oh, but there's no way I, can, I can't have everybody here. It'd be chaos. It'd be crazy. Identify with them. And da, da, da. Yeah. No, I was like that. I was like, you know, everybody, come on, come on. And I just grew so tired and like exhausted because I wasn't taking care of myself. So, yeah, my mom's like, you got to take care of people, but you also got to take care of you. Because if you don't take care of you, then how are you going to take care of those people? So boundaries are important. But it sounds like your mom has given a lot of wisdom. Over the years. She has. I feel bad. I feel like I'm, I'm only talking about my mom, but I love you, dad. I do. <laughs> uh. OK, so we'll give mom and dad each. <laughs> Um, best nuggets of wisdom that you've taken from them over the years? Oh. It could be something they told you yeah. or something you observed. Well, my mom is that, you know, boundaries. Like, you need to do 
what is like what you can for people, but you also need to make sure it doesn't happen at your expense and like your cost. But my dad is the one who taught me to be like fearless and like, you know, try everything. Just don't stop yourself. Like boxing. literally I remember going with him and I was not scared but I was obviously like you know a little concerned because you know there was nobody there except for me and my dad and all like these dudes so I was like huh this is gonna be an experience but no he we did boxing we did horse riding we did rifle shooting we did archery really yeah literally I'm not Robin Hood, but I can shoot a arrow. <laughs> I'm no cat this Everdeen, but I can shoot. <laughs> that is quite a multi-talent. <laughs> not really. I'm horseback and archery. You can combine those two, and now you're. I would just fall on my face if I did that. <laughs> like. You probably don't know, but Travs knows I am the clumsiest person ever. <laughs> I trip over thin air. <laughs> like, I remember I've had more sprains and bruises in my life <laughs> than I remember actually being able-footed. <laughs> well, then it's a good thing you'll be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> the first person I treat will be myself. <laughs> Okay, so let's look at the future a little bit. What do you see the next five years looking like? When you're seeing all this, like, you've been in the U.S. for this whole drama, but also you've lived in other countries and seen all kinds of other things. So what do you see? I honestly think that I hope we're headed to a place of healing because mm-hmm. there have been so so many changes and not all of them have been positive and but some of them weren't negative either some of them were positive some of them were negative I guess it's just we need to come back to the center Mm -hmm. we need to regress to the mean and just you know because I feel like COVID also set us back but it also pushed us forward in some other ways so well, let's just touch on the uh, COVID. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest lesson you've gotten from the pandemic? Oh, the biggest lesson is that, you know, I cannot do without interaction. <laughs> Literally, I know. I feel like the biggest lesson the pandemic has taught to anybody, especially to like people who are introverts like me, is that, you know, nobody can survive without interaction. I used to like keep myself very closed off and everything. I used to hate interacting with people, but it's like the COVID taught me I cannot survive like that. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. You need at least somebody. Who's not in a book. Yeah. Who's not in a book or a phone. You need that human contact. Um, Have you spoken to like many other people and what their experience of COVID's like? Yeah, well, you know, everybody has had different experiences, but, you know, most of them are like... They kept themselves busy. Some of them have kept themselves busy and, like, you know, 
done things to where they can progress, like learn cooking or like learn a new skill or a new language or things like that. While other people were like, okay, I need to take time to focus on myself. I need like a break. And I feel like both of them did great for themselves because we all know some people who need to take a break and COVID provided that for them. But some people, it provided the inspiration and the motivation they needed to work on themselves. So, Were you able to do any inner growth or learning new skills or anything like that? Well... <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I'm... I learned languages, so... Oh, you learned languages during 2020? Yeah. So I started learning Mandarin. I can read it now. <laughs> I'm not as confident about speaking it, but I can read it now. And I'm also learning to read and write my mother tongue. Even though I'm very fluent in it, I've never been able to read or write it, so... Is it Telugu? Yes. Okay, yeah, I have to learn because Shaw's family will kill me if I don't learn anything. Maybe we can learn together. I like it. <laughs> Study partner. We'll that out. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> we found a, a app to learn Telugu on, and I was like, oh, great. And I finally opened it up, and there's like a few free ones, and everything else is like, you have to watch yeah. ads or everything. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. This is just, I can't. <laughs> you want to watch your ads about the new game or the new whatever, whatever, yeah. But, I don't know, I'll figure it out. <laughs> One way or another. Um, so, as far as the future, so you're hoping things kind of come back to the center, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, what, just for you, well, I guess... I was going to say, what do you see for yourself in the next five years? I want to be a doctor. Looks like medical school. Yeah, medical school is it. (laughs) How long is that? So medical school is two years technical stuff. So that's where you learn all the foundations of medicine. So, you know, you learn about the different body parts, like the systems and what can go wrong and what could that cause. And you learn to interview patients and how to conduct physical exams and everything and the next two years are rotations Mm -hmm. so you basically go through different uh specializations so you could be a obgyn which is basically dealing with like uh deliveries and like menstrual cramps and like you know it's all related to the hormones yes (laughs) yeah and then you could do psych, which is basically a psychiatrist or psychology where you're in the psych ward and like, you know, you're looking at the patients and everything. Or you could be with uh, infant care or neonatal and, you know, just all these different special like sp- specializations that you get a chance to go through. Oh, so they have you try them all just to see what yeah. works for you. Interesting. It gives you a nice little view of what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and do you have any... Uh, I, I usually like to ask people uh, what they would like someone, like people listening, things you wish others could just understand that maybe they're not. But I feel like you've kind of covered that with kindness quite a bit. <laughs> so... 
Uh, I guess, do you have any, just any message you would like to share with anybody? Uh, don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Like, if you feel like you can't do it, or even if you feel you can do it, but just want some extra muscle, just ask. <laughs> Most people don't judge you when you ask for help. Well, maybe your best friends would. They would laugh at you and ridicule you, but that's all, like, after they've helped you and after you're feeling okay. Because <laughs> that's what best friends are for. <laughs> When you fall, they make fun of you, but they help you up. <laughs> they probably were the ones who pushed you, but hey. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Okay, well, with that, um, that's all for today, everybody. And you have a wonderful day. Peace out. I feel like... <laughs> Anime characters that go. <laughs> we can end like that. Three, two, one. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, thank you so much for coming. Because uh, these are, there's just a lot of fun. I really enjoy getting to know people in a way that you normally would just never get to. Inside. Nobody asks such deep questions. Mm. I feel like this is really good. I really appreciate you being quite vulnerable and opening and sharing. Oh. It's, it's really nice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know you can never really encapsulate what who somebody is in even a five-hour podcast. But, uh, I feel like these are a good starting point. Yeah, at least so thank you. Yeah. No, seriously, thank you. I feel like your podcast, I'm not going to lie, I went through a whole lot of them. <laughs> I was stalking your page, but no, I feel like... Yay, I get more views. <laughs> no, I feel like, you know, they really helped me just, like, you know, connect to people. Like, that human connection that was missing during the pandemic. I feel like watching these podcasts and everything kind of, like, ties into the fact that even though we may be apart from each other right now, we're still there. We're still there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is really nice. I, um, I'm very grateful to everyone who's allowed me to do this because it's kind of a, I don't, it's kind of unexpected or not something people just ask you, like, hey, can I just ask you all the questions about your life? Like, this doesn't happen that often. Sure, go ahead. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna bring these lights to this camera. We're gonna have a studio setup going on. No, but, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. And so thank you. Thank you. And that's all. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. You can see the awkwardness just coming out. <laughs>